Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast series. Welcome back to the audio podcast or the YouTube series if you're watching this today. Um, this is an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship-based podcast series where we talk to people about their stories, their challenges, and what they've overcome to become successful where they are today in the world of business, online marketing, um, social media, and so forth. Today, I'm joined by Francesca Moy, who's someone that I met actually at Tony Robbins September uh, last year when she was with Eric Balance, and I'd seen her brand for a few months beforehand. And I must say, actually, Francesca and Eric are power team at the moment, but I can take my hat off and say Francesca is actually the bigger power in that partnership. I don't think Eric's going to enjoy me saying that, but she is the big powerhouse, the Italian mafia. She owns one of the, the biggest meetup groups in the entrepreneurship space in Australia, and she'll explain her story at how she started this meetup I think it's meetup.com, and within six months, had over 12,000 people had come into the events and how she could grow her brand from that moment forward with having that, so many people around her. But anyway, welcome to the show, Francesca. Thank you. Thank you so, for, so much for having me, Lawrence. That's uh, a super amazing introduction. Yep. Um, so, so as I said, is, you know, everyone, knows, everyone in your circle knows you as the meetup queen. And also knows you as the, the mafia team or the mafia hub and so forth. So first to a few people at the moment that are not watching the YouTube series, you can see Francesca is obviously a beautiful Italian woman. So she's come over to Australia and she's brought the mafia with us. But not just the <laughs> mafia in the bad way, but in the mafia in the good way. So I'll let her exp- the good the good way. So still to take control and take power, but to improve power and to power people around their social media platforms, specifically Facebook. So I ex- let her explain to you what mafia means to her and what mafia means to her tribe. Beautiful. Well, literally the mafia was a little bit of a joke. Like I, was, I started this um, as a life coach six years ago mm-hmm. and I was a Tony Robbins fan. I was going to all this personal development stuff and I was like, wow, like there must be, um, you know, more things I can do to grow mm-hmm. my business. But in six months, I made $120. Like yeah. So I was like, this is not successful. I need to go back to a job or I need to stop pretending to have a business mm-hmm. and, and start, to start to make some money. And so I started to study what other people do, especially Tony Robbins. And I found this YouTube video of Tony that had this event in a pub and he was like in a singlet teaching. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like yep. he started with small rooms, like 20 people in a pub. Well, why do I do that? Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can do a 5,000 people in my event yet. Nobody knows me, but I can definitely do that. So I got excited and I started a meetup group inside of meetup.com. So I didn't create meetup.com. I mm-hmm. wish um, someone else did. And I created my meetup group inside of that. And then from there, in three months time, my meetup group exploded and I started to get people inquiring about my coaches services. And I was yep. like, what? this is going on and I got fully booked in three months and so from there I started to create more meetups in different cities that's how I grew to 12,000 members but they don't all show up I wish right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of people in the group but then people don't, don't all of them show up to the event but the good thing is that from there the business grew and grew and grew and that's how I created the mafia because people were asking me how do you put bums and seats how do you get people to these events you you just started this business and yep. people come to see you how do you do it and so i created the meetup and facebook international academy which mm-hmm. is the mafia. the mafia correct 
Yeah, but at first it was just called mafia because, like you said, I'm Italian and I'm just like, oh, let's just call it. It's a family, you know. Mm -hmm. And I used to make the game, whatever happened in the mafia stays in the mafia. Until one client said to me, does this sound stands for Meetup and Facebook or something? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I said, clients give us the best ideas at times, right? Correct. So, you know, it's it's great how you said you meet it up, but you you formed a group because you saw someone that you looked up to you look at saw a mentor doing something a little bit different and it's sort of something that we see a lot of in, in today's space obviously francisco has been you, you've been a coach a mentor um and doing all the live speaks and most of your events we do half day workshops a lot of people in the game at the moment in the entrepreneurship game or just in the startup and small business is they follow one certain model so they follow the book and say it's a to b to c to d this is normally how business runs and this is how i should do it over the first 30 days or 60 days or 90 days and unfortunately unless you're gifted or lucky um things are going to evolve very stagnant for yourself over that path over 12 months or 18 months like you used for example you had i think you said 120 dollars or something in the first six months because we're trying to follow a standard model um, and not go outside the box where you realize that the guys that know what they're doing, the guys or girls that know what they're doing, they did something differently. And it wasn't that it was totally unique. They just were wanted people around because when there were people around and when we, we are social animals, we can discuss, we can evolve, and we can close deals if there's deals to be had. And that's sort of what you built up with your, your mafia tribe out of the meetup situation with your 12,000 members and I can see I can tell from that evolution to where you are today that's where today that's what you guys do as a bread and butter you do your half day workshops from all those members and you keep going from study to study is that not correct yes that's absolutely right and obviously from there I realized that meetup by itself wasn't going to cut it so Mm -hmm. I created a Facebook group and now it's got alone just one group 8500 people mm-hmm. and we get lots and lots and lots of momentum from there because obviously it's my group and so um a lot of people know uh, that i'm the admin of it they know they know me they still watch my videos from there they follow me so it's it, the both strategies together were able to use organic ways to put mm-hmm. bands and seats. now obviously we now have a budget to pay for advertising yep. but uh, we don't teach that to our clients because I've done it without, right? Yeah. I've grown the business to a, a really high six-figure business without any Facebook ads. And now, obviously, that we are on a $1.5 million business, and obviously, we do have um, advertising budgets. Yeah? Yep. That was something I was going to say, that a lot of what you teach in your program, so obviously, Facebook specifically, how to generate business through that is the organic reach um, within the social media. So a lot of people forget that there is – Facebook is a little bit harder and a little bit more challenging, so you need the insights from a coach or mentor like Francesca um, to get store that organic area because, unfortunately, Facebook has been so saturated by the paid market at the moment. So there is still those loopholes that you can find yourself to go through that will give you those organic ways. And there's simple natures and there's simple insights into it. In the, uh, you know, And I know in the, the half-day workshops, this is what you would discuss with the the people that are sitting with the bums on the seats. But the a basic example is what you say to someone is if you've got a product or if you want, if you've got a brand and you want to reach out, there's no harm in going out to people within your network and saying to them, Hey, if you support my brand, would you be willing to share that? Would you be able to do a share post on, you know, on social media or, or write it up or write a review or review my product. And the, and that's why is, you know, something simple from organic, from a brand point of view to build the awareness because, People need to trust a brand to be able to buy from the brand. And if you don't have anyone backing you or anyone talking about it, you're not going to close any deals. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the beautiful thing about using organic ways is that people, I would teach that people come to you. You don't have to go and ask for things. Mm -hmm. People will start to go, oh my goodness, I've been following you. Yep. It's been amazing. You know, and people will start to give you reviews. People will start to share your stuff. And yep. it happens all the time that without me asking, people go, oh my God, like that was so good. I have to share it. Mm -hmm. And so it's about showing up and the showing up will keep create that compound effect that eventually will create a business. And that's what a lot of people don't see. Like a lot of people start diets and then don't see a change in the body mm -hmm. in three days and they stop the diet and Correct. keep eating. Right? And that's the same in business. The, the organic ways work, but people want to go into a shortcut, which is paying for advertising. But then the thing is, if you're a startup, can you really afford to compete with businesses that have got thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars every month in advertising budget. If you can't, then don't even try that and yep. just be humble and consistent into your approach. Correct. Yeah, because the problem you also have with a small startup or any brand that does go into the paid space too early, they don't realize what they're doing wrong. So yeah. I can go into a paid space on Facebook. I can go into a paid space, and if I'm willing to spend $50, let's say if I go to $50 in the total wrong, wrong niche network, gender, and stereotype or what I want to pick on advertising, I can still get 10,000. Uh, for $50, you can get anywhere up to twenty to 30,000 likes, uh, maybe 1,000 shares and, and mentions on it. So when you look at the post, you'll go, holy crap, it's had 30,000 en um, uh, engagements on it. It's had 5,000 shares. It must be good. But with no understanding of what your end customer is or an understanding of what you're actually doing, that beginning part of that paid sponsorship is totally wrong. So you're going, hey, it's working. I'm going to keep following this model. And you, you're reaching an audience that has nothing back to your business. They're just engaging with that comment, with that post at the moment because they look cool or did something, but they're never going to come back and buy your brand, support your brand, or buy your product, or go to your webinars. Is that something that you would see from some of your customers at the moment? Yeah, well, we get people that have tried it all. They've tried mm -hmm. to fill the events and they couldn't, tried to fill um, workshops and they couldn't get anybody there. And so they mm -hmm. started to believe that it wasn't possible, that yeah. unless you had you know, $100,000 a year to put in Facebook advertising, you couldn't be able to put bounds and stick, which is not true. Mm -hmm. um, you can do it the organic ways. But the thing is, people have lost trust that if they're not already famous, yeah. they can't get there. And that is not the truth. We get lots of clients that get really, really massive success for organic strategies. The key is consistency. Mm -hmm. And and it's fascinating because people will go, what do you mean? Like, you know, you, you teach people. You can't say that the, your biggest secret is, is consistency. Yep. Well, yes, it is. It is because people, if they don't have a coach or someone to keep them accountable, they don't do it. They give yep. up way too early. They find all the negative stuff in it. Uh, they, they, they're just, you know, not committed to their own success. So having a coach will be able to, to take you there. And so advertising advertising works if you have already done the, the homework, right? So when I first started doing Facebook advertising, my Facebook ad company was like, wow, I wish all my clients were like you, Francesca, because it, it's just easy. It's easy mm -hmm. to that's it for you because people must have seen you before yep. and that's because I was like a crazy woman posting every day everywhere mm -hmm. and so then when I started to pay for advertising people already saw my face 
people already recognize me, people already heard about me. Yeah. And so they go, oh, now she starts to advertise. And so they start to um, you know, see that consistency advertising and that's when they start to follow me. But the problem is that people do on Facebook advertising and they do, oh, I'm going to pay for Facebook advertising. And guess what? I did that mistake. Now that I pay for Facebook advertising, I'm going to do nothing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be active on, on social media. I don't need yep. to. I don't have to. And the thing is that they don't understand that unless you keep putting more money and you're just doubling your budget every year, Facebook eventually is going to stop showing you to people. Yep. And so, or what happens as well is that if people click on you, they will stalk you, right? Everybody mm-hmm. can stalk people before they buy something. Yep. And if they stalk and they don't see anything about you, like nothing at all, they're going to think, oh, that's not real. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. That's not true that they're successful. So for people nowadays, numbers equal success. So they don't see a lot of likes, engagement, comments. They're thinking, no, 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 you're not successful. Even though it's not true, yep. that's what people are showing it, it, is a, it is a challenge, you know, for most brands um, in that sense. Like you said, is if, if, if there's not a, like, a lot of likes and comments and shares and so forth, the, the perception of the brand um, isn't strong in that. And it's a challenge to overcome, but it's also a challenge as the, the brand owner, um, the, the business owner, to, to keep to the track. But uh, the biggest thing is that a lot of people forget about um, is that it takes time. Everything takes time to put it into place. So you've got to follow the, the framework that is recommended, the, you know, the whatever step process you follow in whichever brand you've. So it was ever coaching, you'll have a step process to put into place and then give it time to embed it. It's not going to necessarily happen in a week or two weeks that your automatic your business is going to go from $100 a week to 10 k a week. It's going, to take, it's going to take four to 12 weeks likely to embed what you're trying to achieve. And then right at the end on your sort of six or nine month mark is when the light bulb is going to happen. All of a sudden, the waterfall is just going to turn on. And a lot of the coaches that I speak to, they've had that same thing when they've implemented for themselves. They said, hey, we implemented, we waited, we waited, we followed, we followed, we followed. And it's a person that waits and supports and like you say, is consistent at one moment, whether it's 90 days, 120 days or 180 days, all of a sudden it just goes light bulb and you just see them going, holy shit, I just filled out an event in one week. I couldn't fill out an event in six months. I just sold out my webinar in, you know, 24 hours because something just happened. And it was that moment when people started seeing more of them and can see in the historical content, like you said, the brand and the message being behind them. Yeah. It's the tipping point, you know, the mm-hmm. tipping point happens in everything. Like you, um, you lose weight and then, you know, you sort of see the change on, on your clothes, but you can't tell from the outside. Mm-hmm. Until you reach a tipping point. Everybody goes, oh my goodness, you lost weight. And, and you go, wow, I've been losing weight for like in the last six months. But how come you just notice? Because there's, the eyes also have that tipping point, right? So it's, it happens in everything that we do. The thing is, that unfortunately, sometimes as business owners, when things get tough, we just think, what do we do this for? Yep. So we forget our why. We forget the real reason why we do business. And also, a lot of people don't have the real business, a real mm-hmm. reason. They just want lifestyle and money. And yep. if you want lifestyle, then probably business is not the right thing yeah. to start, especially for the first few years, right? Totally agree with that. So one thing that's big about your brand and anyone that's following knowns, you know, as you said, your coach, obviously there's always the one-on-ones, this is the private sessions, but yourself and the empowering events and um, all your half-day workshops is fundamentally what most people publicly see, right? So you go on stage, you do half-day workshops, uh, most of your social media is filled with the videos and people out there. One question 
um, to ask as a person that at the moment has yet to do a public event myself other than attend ones. And to a lot of people that are listening with the same example is, hey, what is the, the insight you can take to transition from standing on one-to-one to standing on a stage with 50 people, 100 people, um, you know, and being able to still present the same message but without imploding, anxiety, stress, you know, how, what's the tips and timing you can take through to be able to transition from behind a camera to on a stage? Mm. That's a really good question. So I feel that people wait um, until they know how to speak on stage mm. before get on stage. And I find that very funny because imagine if I, uh, if you want to learn how to, how to go on a bicycle, right? Do you, mm-hmm. do you go on bicycles? Yep. Yeah. You fall over. Did you? No, no, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. You go on a bicycle and then you fall over. Yeah, yeah. of course. You got it. And so the thing is people think that, oh, no, no I'm not going to get on a bicycle. I don't know exactly how to ride it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you do all this, you know, you listen to people, they tell you what to do and then you go on it. What are the chances that you're going to fall? Like, mm-hmm. Probably 95%, right? So the thing is, my first event were a disaster. (laughs) Like a disaster. Like the first one, I cried. And instead of speaking for 10 minutes on stage, I spoke for 30 seconds and I left because I was crying and I couldn't speak anymore. And that was in in Italy, in Italian. Mm -hmm. So imagine Mm -hmm. like when I started to speak in English, I was like, oh my goodness. People needed subtitles. They won't get me. (laughs) It was really hard. And the difference between someone that speak on stage and someone that does it is that they have done it. They've yep. done it over and over and over again and failed so many times and eventually they realize what to do and how to do it. So I did so much studying on my, while I was doing it, like studying on myself. So yep. I, I remember like this time that I had a meetup happening and I was um, on a Zoom call with a friend that mm-hmm. actually the friend Spanish. So imagine like a Spanish telling in Italian yeah. how to speak English, right? That was a disaster already. And my friend, by the end of my, me doing my 15 minute presentation, he was like this and he was like, oh my goodness, Francesca, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I chose you because you're honest, but yeah. can you show record it a little bit then yeah. i was in tears i was like how am i going to present tomorrow night like if my friend think that this is horrible mm-hmm. imagine strangers right yep. and i didn't want to go on stage and i wanted to give up and i wanted to go back to a job the thing is i kept looking at the bigger picture and i kept thinking hold on a second if i am helping people one-on-one and they're saying that they find them valuable i can do this one to many like it's yep. i just had to fail and eventually i will get it and so I started to record myself every single speech, every single time I was on stage, every single time I would talk to one too many, every single time. And I used to record it and I used to go home exhausted because once you speak on stage, you really like you use a lot of energy, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning. You don't know what you're doing. I used to go home exhausted and I used to, before I got to bed, I used to listen back, take notes on how I could improve it, what else I could have done. And I wasn't, out of myself i was literally studying what people were laughing at what people were not laughing at mm-hmm. what i could do again what i shouldn't be doing again and then i will do that presentation again and i will record it again and i will start it like that was 
so much work, like literally so much work, but was so worth it because the feedback that I get a lot from people when I'm on stage, they said I'm engaging, the people I can't, you know, stop mm-hmm. listening and maybe it's my accent, maybe whatever it is, but it's really like it became like a second nature. I love being on stage and that's why people feel that passion. Yep. And, and, and apparently they say that I've got a lot of energy out there and they really love it. So, but it wouldn't happen at the beginning. That was horrible, like <laughs> horrible. That's a, you know, I, I think it's great to, you know, just get out there, do that and learn from it and fo- fail forward and then evolve to where you are. But one thing and a question for yourself is, and what your recommendation is, because a lot of times you can go to, you can go to um, workshops where they teach you how to speak on stage, you can go to all this sort of stuff and they try to give you this again, it's an A to Z model of you should speak on stage, don't, don't make noises with your mouth, don't go, um, don't do anything weird, stand there, don't cuss. Don't, you know, don't swear. I mean, for fuck's sakes, I swear all the time. But it's like, um, you know, what's your opinion on when you speak to people about keeping too real to what they are? So I, I try and tell to anyone I speak to and say, keep it real. You know, there's obviously certain tips when you, if you want to talk to someone or when you speak to a certain person, certain tips, but keep to your personality and your style because otherwise you just become a sort of a, a white paper of knowledge with no emotion behind it. Mm, absolutely. I, I don't, um, 100%, I don't believe in fake it until you make it. I believe mm. in just being real. Yep. And the thing is that being real is very vulnerable for some people and they're really afraid of doing that, especially because they haven't worked out who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I used to struggle with a lot when I wasn't confident because I wanted to be who my dad wanted me to be instead of be really myself. And so... I find it fascinating because I literally was listening to a podcast the other day um, about authenticity mm-hmm. and what authenticity is. And people think that, you know, people tell me all the time, Francesca, you're so authentic. And I, I have to stop about it and think, what does that mean? Yeah. Because lately I've changed a lot, right? So mm. I've, I've lost 19 kilos. I've got into a relationship. I was single before. So a lot of my identity has changed from yep. what I used to be a single woman overweight that used to eat a lot of pasta and pizza <laughs> to now being a fit, um, you know, woman in a, in a <laughs> partnership and happy and, you know, like totally different. So uh, health and fitness is really important to me now. And so it's sort of like I change identity. And so yep. does it mean that I'm not authentic anymore? No, it doesn't. It's just now I've changed. So it's a very fine line between the, you know, being fake and being authentic and accepting your changes as well. And that's what people don't want to do on stage. They don't want to show vulnerability. They don't want to show who they really are. They're not willing to share the, the bad times, the good times, the mm-hmm. hard times. They just want to look perfect. But Nobody resonates with someone that is perfect. Nobody will enjoy going to a movie and watch a movie that started with a beautiful couple that are in love and then he ends with a beautiful couple that are in love. You'd be like, that's mm-hmm. boring. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give, give me some, you know, ups and downs. Give me yeah. something that is going to be like, and Tony Robbins talk about that. Yep, totally. One thing I wanted to ask as well, and I noticed something you spoke about on um, a podcast you'd done a while ago, it is about yourself and you obviously – big thing is mindset and we've we've touched on a little bit at the moment about having the right mindset and so forth but also your mental health your understanding your business you spoke about at that stage that you actually had your own two coaches or you actually had your own two mentors one for business and one for personal so that's something sorry 
Oh, yes. Yes. Is that something you still keep at the moment? Because, um, again, it's just something that a lot of people ask about that are that have coaches or have people that help them out and going, hey, I've got this person helping me for my business and everything else. Can I utilize this person for personal situations and my personal driving that? And it's my opinion. Again, it's my opinion and, you know, it's not the worldwide opinion, but those are two different areas and those are two different unique spaces. So unless this person that's offering you has both hats, which very, very rarely they do, is you would have two different individuals helping you in those two different channels. And, and I just wanted to ask you about that because you mentioned that you did have those, did have two, and I wanted to see if it was still that way active today and your thoughts of having two different coaches for those areas. Yeah, Lawrence, I actually have more than two. <laughs> <laughs> I must be a little bit slower than other people. I, 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 am, I love being coached and mm-hmm. I love growth and I'm a, like, I'm addicted to it. Like mm-hmm. I, I just can't spend a month without learning something yep. new, without growing the next little bit. So for me, mindset is super important. And if you can tell from my business, the time that I, I haven't done some work on myself, you mm-hmm. see how the business has, was affected from it as yep. well. So I believe the business and mindset are exactly the same thing. So personal and business it is the same. But what the problem is that a lot of people invest into a business coach, but they never invest on their mindset. And if the mindset is about business or personal, it doesn't really matter because I believe that it's all the same, but you've got to work on yourself to be able to get to the next level of your life or your business. You've got to get to the, ne- the next level of learning who you are and changing identity. And, and as the business growth, my goodness, how many identity guys shared? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, it's like when I look back, I should just write a book of all my identities. <laughs> right? Because it's literally, and, and what's fascinating is that with every identity, there is not just a shift in me, but yep. a shift in the team, in the shift mm-hmm. in the clients. And so you will see that it's like this period where all of a sudden it feels like everything is ending. You're losing clients. Everybody's yep. leaving. Clients have wanted to get refound. Team members are quitting altogether. Mm. And you go, oh my God, it's the end, right? And you just yep. think that everything is over. But the truth is, is that you just reach a new level of vibration, a new level of identity. And mm-hmm. now with the new identity, some people don't fit in anymore. And they just can't be in the same vibration. They just need to go. And that is okay. Yeah, I mean, that's just the evolution of the process and the learning through it. You know, nothing's, nothing's the same today that it was yesterday. Nothing will be the same tomorrow from today. And it's just understanding and having the skill sets to see through that and, and the challenges that a lot of the small business owners that come into, they come in and looking for the guidance. And I can imagine, I want to I talk about a couple of examples. I want to ask a couple of questions and see if them see if you can um, help out on this because to a lot of our listeners at the moment they can tell you know that you're helping people out in the facebook space um you know you have massive meetups you do the half day workshops but i want to talk through a bit of what sort of some journeys would go through so people can be more relatable to it so for example i can assume that there'll be someone coming up to your half day workshop going i own a small business with it self-employed irrespective of one person two people three people i've got no understanding about the facebook game I have no understanding about that social media platform. I, you know, it's just something I've never kept in important to us. Yeah. What's the sort of 
main key points, not giving away all the tools and all the sort of sets. What's the sort of one or two main key points you would give to that person to focus on in the first four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks um, around the Facebook space? So I have an invisible to invincible journey that I've mm-hmm. created to explain to people where they're at on the social media. So a lot of people, as you said, come to us in the different stages of the business and it could be people that already have a really successful business, but they're still invisible on social yep. media. So the invisible to invisible journey is got nothing to do with the bank account or with the cash flow or with yep. the, um, you know, how much money they're making, but it's about where are they at in the um, following on social media, especially on Facebook. So we have to, the first thing that we do is that we do an invisible to, in, an invisible to invincible test mm-hmm. to see where they're at, at in the Facebook journey. So they yep. can actually, we can put them in the right Zoom call uh, where I will give them steps on how to go to the next level. Yep. And, and that is super important. So let's pretend that someone, uh, no matter where they're at in the business, yep. in on Facebook, they're invisible. So invisible means that they post on there every now and again and then get nowhere. They've got no content, no people commenting or people liking. Mm-hmm. And it feels quite lonely and quite frustrating. How do these people do this yep. posting? I don't mm-hmm. get it. And so they give up, right? Because yep. the platform is too difficult. Or then they start to tell stories to themselves. Like nobody's, my, my clients are not in there, right? Mm-hmm. My clients are different age and they're not in there, which is not true. And so um, fascinating how we always create excuses to explain where we're at, right? Yep. And so for invisible people, the first thing that we get them to do is to friend people on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. So every time that they are meeting someone, every time that they're going to a networking event, and every time that they get a client, start to friend them on Facebook and literally become friends. And that's why a lot of people have a lot of resistance around. They go, what? I need to friend my clients? I don't yeah. know. So for me, business, Facebook is a business tool. It's not mm-hmm. a personal tool. I don't use it for personal. I mean, I'm Italian and I've got, my family is in Italy, so we connect on WhatsApp, we connect on Viber, but we don't. Um, they follow me on Facebook and they love following my journey. So a lot of the time we think that our parents yeah. or family they don't want to see what we do, but they do. And and so it's so important to grow your numbers of friends on Facebook. Like you, every time we tell that to clients, they are first going, "This is silly. Why we have to do that?" And when they do it, their business start to go to a whole new level because now people have started to watch you. They started to get to know you. They started to, so, oh, right. So you teach that. I didn't know. I didn't know what your business was about. And so adding value on your personal profile will allow people to trust you, like you, and see you. And Facebook algorithm are on your side. Mm -hmm. When you post on a business page, Facebook says, show me the money and I'll show you to people. Yeah. If you show me the money, I'm going to keep you invisible. Instead, in the personal profile, Facebook wants to help you because the more engagement they have, the more money they can charge for Facebook advertising. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something you'll see, it's something that's quite interesting as myself, I'm trying to look through different profiles. So if you go into someone's private uh, private page in Facebook, you you can see how many friends they have and you can also see how many followers they have if they've got it switched on. And it's funny because I think a mental way is that if you go into a person's profile and a person's got 3,000 or 4,000, so to people that's listening, the maximum amount of friends you can have on Facebook uh, is 5,000 friends. And then some people even start second or third private pages. I've known a few people that have done that. 
But what you then, but yeah, but then what you do is you can switch your followers on so people then get 2,000 or 3,000 or 4,000 followers. But what do you see sometimes if you go into a person's page and they've got 400 friends and they've got five followers, doesn't give you much confidence. But if you go into someone's page and they've got three and a half thousand friends and they've got a thousand followers, all of a sudden, irrespective of who those people actually are, whether they're real or not, the perception that there's more people behind this person gives you a, a, a bigger, almost like a trust in them, their name or their brand. And it's, it's definitely something that you see of getting, um, I've slowly started seeing the last six months of more people requesting or more people wanting to follow myself or request myself in that instance that it slowly starts picking up. And once it gets a certain number, you know, every couple of days, it's more and more and more. So like you said, I can imagine from a brand point of view, then if you're bringing out the content on your private page, um, that is there. I'm guessing there's a certain stage that if a person is running a business page, that you're going to try and get them to convert their private following or their private people to try organically uh, without spamming them to push them over to the business page. Is that not? That will happen organically by having your about mm-hmm. you in your personal profile set up properly. So yeah. if it's about you, it will say that you work for your business page, mm-hmm. then people marketing will go there. So I haven't paid any advertising money at all into growing my 8,000 500 likes that mm-hmm. I have on my business page, it was just organic from my followers, from the people that watch me, from my people that join my Facebook group. Yep. So once people start to grow a bigger number, I, we always recommend, which actually we teach, have to create a Facebook group that rocks. So a Facebook yep. group that really gets you results, that gets your clients. And so I will concentrate more into advertising the Facebook group than advertising the business page. Just business page will just leave it organically for people to, to do that. Also, when you start a Facebook group, you can have, you will, uh, you should um, create your business page managing the group. Mm -hmm. So people go into your group, they will see on the right-hand side, this page is managed by somewhere the meetup queen. So people will go, oh, who's that? And so you're going to be able to click on it and that's how you get more people. So having a group is way more powerful than trying to send people into the business page, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. I see a lot of pages. Um, I can put my hand up um, at the moment and say I'm one of those people that don't have it yet. Uh, I need to get my ANTG and get into place to get a group going um, behind my page as well. But you definitely see there's a lot of, um, in the podcast space, a lot of pages that I follow, a lot of brands I follow that have the groups that stand behind it because also then it can be direct communication to your customers or to your fans. So when you're communicating out on a, on a page, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to reach everyone. If you do it in the group, you have a higher chance and there's better feedback as well and better control because you can allow people to have their say, but also you can control what is said back, right? So you can uh, remove the spam, remove the advertising, remove all of that, but you allow them, the people in the group to feel part of a group, part of a tribe and feel empowered by the brand as well. Absolutely. So before before we end off today's uh, session, there's so much um, insight you've given already for people wanting to you know build up their Facebook um, brand and their business and so forth around your brand. Give me one point today, uh, what you think is something a learning someone should take away with them over the next few days, the next few weeks to think about around their business and Facebook or their brand and Facebook, let's say that. Yeah, so once you have grown a little bit your personal profile and started to get momentum, then it's time to really start to leverage on doing Facebook Lives um, consistently. And that's something that a lot of people go, no, I'm not going to do a Facebook 
Facebook Live. I'm gonna look silly. I don't want to do that. And I get that Facebook Live can be daunting and scary, but the thing is, people will watch it and they will see the real you and they will see that vibe, that energy that you can't write, mm-hmm. you can't put into a post, yep. right? Or you can, but then people are not gonna stop and read a post if they haven't know you, if they don't know who you are. So um, now starting to do Facebook Lives will take things to a whole new level and literally like the consistency of it is what will change if you do one facebook live nothing's going to change yep. but if you start to do facebook live consistently then that will start to get people to really get to know you trust you and that's where you're going to create even more momentum into your business now where you're going to do per facebook lives in your personal profile i yep. know everybody <laughs> hates that like yep. no that's where fam- fam- friends and family are i'm like sorry <laughs> but that's where people, especially Facebook, is going to help you to be seen. It's yep. going to help you to send your uh, your Facebook live everywhere. So it's super, super, super important to start to get over yourself and the Facebook lives. And I always say that to my clients in a, in a loving way, like get over yourself. Yeah. What that means for me is if you don't feel, if you're listening to this and you go like, no, I'm not, I'm not one of those that does Facebook live, mm-hmm. then making it about you instead of making it about your audience, right? Yep. Because... For me, showing up on Facebook Live, it's about adding value. It's about showing up for my audience. It's about giving. And you don't have to go live every day, but at least at the beginning, a couple of times a week, three, two or three times a week, especially three times a week, will get you the momentum and will get you people to go, all right, and, and listen to your content and start to find it valuable. Now, the first few Facebook Lives are going to be really bad, but guess what? Nobody's going to watch them, so you'll be fine. <laughs> Pretty and much. Then, yeah, and then you start doing that and they get better and better and better. And then you, you can start to talk and read comments and start to be able to multitask a little bit more. And that's when it gets more engaging. And that's when you're going to start to get results. So if you haven't started to do Facebook Lives yet, I would strongly recommend to start looking into, um, you know, do it, watch what other people are doing, watch, you know, if you want to come and see mine and see how they do it and make it like, not just professional. I can do a lot of my videos here with my backdrop, but I also do videos in the street as I walk in my dog or yep. and, you know, somewhere else. So just be you and start to show up on videos a lot. I love that. I think that's a great message and a simple message that costs nothing other than your time to do it on Facebook and how to reach more people at the moment on a very saturated space for any brands or any pages that are listening at the moment. But um, thank you so much, Francisco. Before we end off today's session, can you let all our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I would love Yeah. So we have an Entrepreneur's Abundance Mindset Facebook group with 8,500 people where you can advertise your business. So come in there and every Friday and Tuesday you can can advertise your business, which is great leverage for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, I've just launched a mastermind, so I would love to um, see anybody interested in that. So just message me in Francesca Moyle, the meetup queen. Thank you so much, Francesca. Um, as always, um, your content or your links will be in, on the social media pages when I launch out the, the podcast so people know where to come find you. And to everyone else um, that has come on to the show today, uh, thank you again for listening to the Wolf of Queen Street the podcast audio series or the YouTube series. And as always, I ask, um, I don't ask for anything. I don't ask for money. All I say is if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy what we had to say, just tell one person to come on over to come support and come listen to what we're trying to do and how to show the world to be successful with a few basic steps from the entrepreneurs that are on the show. 
And it's as easy as that. But anyway, at the end of the day, have a beautiful and powerful day. We'll chat to you later. Bye. Bye.